Hey, fan freaks. This is James here at Lauderdale Comics with... Okay, a little real quick. For those of you who have been with us for a while, you might remember Capes and Co-Hosts, a show that me, Adrian, and Garrett did a while ago. I invented a whole segment on that show of indie comic spotlight, specifically to talk about that book right there called Tart. This is the man behind Tart, the writer, Kevin Joseph. How are you doing today, man? I'm great. Thanks for coming out. It's yeah, nice man. to see you again. It's been, a, it's, what, four years now? Yeah, 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 just well. about. But uh, yeah, we're here. You're here today specifically. If, well, I mean, you're signing everything, but you're yes. here for Mort. Yes. Morte. You, sorry. We call it Morte. Some people call it Mort. I just spoke with a Frenchman who said in, in, in French it is Mort. Oh, so okay. I, I think Mort, Morte, whatever, whatever you call it is fine. I think of it as the Latin word for death, which I kind of hope you get you in the, into the mood for this because it's a somber piece. I don't really talk about it because, uh, as you know, I had you read it. It's more about the experience of reading this book than um, than anything else. So I don't want to do say too much more than it's a day in the life of the last man on earth, and it's uh, not really about survival. It's about dealing with the fact that you survived. It's 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 a very uh, it's a very striking read. I, I, I don't know if you'd consider this a spoiler, but I, I don't know if I'd call it a read so much as. It, 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 it's 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 it it depends very heavily on emotion yes versus spoken word yes we when we put this together i, I did it with an artist out of toronto um da david bishop and uh the script i sent him had zero dialogue no narration no dialogue it was a completely silent comic and in back and forth david and i talked and and we came up with one section where some dialogue we felt helped so it's a near silent comic. It's not silent, but it's definitely nearly silent. Sure enough. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like I said, it's it, it, I, I, like yourself, I don't want to go too much into it because it is definitely something to experience. But I just what it's, it's very different because even like you can't really compare like Tart and Underwars. No, but they both have some level of levity to it. Right. This is very different than that. <laughs> I think that's true. I think in my life, I, I, I do like to laugh. And even in, even in my action, you know, type things, I, I like, I love the wittiest side of the, of the, you know, your, your, your Buffy having witty rejoinders when she's about to die. I, sure. I love that. So that is something I like to put in. But uh, in a world where every single person you have ever known has dropped dead in an instant right around you and you're left alone, there isn't. There isn't much room for levity in that sure in that in that spot which is kind of funny because as we were talking about the comic we brought up the you know the show last man on earth which did right. find the comedy it yeah. is a comedy you know and um so but that's not what we were going for, for with sure. this one it's it's and it's amazing because for a comic that has basically no words in it mm -hmm. Uh, it's you, something you're really good at is you make really good characters. Like we don't, I have no idea what we can call him our protagonist, yeah. what our protagonist's name is or anything like that. Right. But I feel like I know so much about him as a person. And for those freaks of you who are uh, a little uh, afraid of commitment, it's a one shot. Yes. It's one and done. It's I literally, he had me sit here and I hadn't read it yet. And he had me sit here and read it. And it took me a total of, I don't know, 10 minutes to read it three times. <laughs> I, I would love to take credit for that. I think that is the art. I think, uh, I think David put that character into him because he found so much emotion in the panels that he brought out himself. So I, that, 
I, I appreciate it, and but I'm going to pass that compliment on to the art because that's I think that's that's he found so much, and he, he there's just there's there's points where he found angles in the panel that I would have never come up with that just speak loudly. Oh yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, a lot. It, it it looks also because of the lack of dialogue, but it almost looks more like a storyboard mm -hmm. in terms of how you follow it and what your experience is. Because, you know, we're used to comics being a very dialogue-driven right. thing, unless it's all action. Exactly. There's no action in this, really. No. Not that kind no. of action, not superhero action, anyway. Yeah. But it's still very, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's great, honestly. It's, it, it, there's <laughs> we, we went with Sourcepoint Press as our publisher uh, because they said yes, first of all. But we, <laughs> right. we submitted to them <laughs> because uh, they're, they're a, a horror, you know, base. Right. And this has, you know... Hints of horror. I, I don't Absolutely. know if it's a true horror. I think you bring readers bring horror to it if exactly if, if they find the horror. My I I can say my wife doesn't like this comic. She finds it too horrific. Sure. Um, and it I is think a horrific okay. comic. It's a horrific universe, but it's not a horror in terms of like, you know, what most people think of when they think horror. They're yeah. thinking like. Yeah, you know, Jason isn't behind. Right, isn't following him. Exactly, nothing, nothing is stalking our. Lead, exactly, our there, it's just the world itself is horrific. Yeah, and if you really start to think about, because that's something else too. Like, like we've like we're talking about the Last Man on Earth and other mm -hmm. things like that. There's this that whole idea, the Last Man on Earth. I mean, it's not necessarily super new. No, I mean the Twilight Zone did yep. it. I mean, it, it's been done. Right, but. Usually, no, none of those stories invite you to take the journey of thinking, no, no, but what if you actually were the last person? And this definitely invites that. And that's the horror. That's fun. That's right. where that's you... That's fun for me to hear. Sure. Because that was, that was certainly a, a bonus that we, had that we hoped for. Right. But you can't know that that's going to come. So that's nice to hear. I've had a, uh, I mentioned to you that Fan Freak started as a debate. Uh, right. As a debate... I had a debate with one of our with one of our founding members as to how much the artist owns the work once it's out there. Not in terms of his proprietary over it, but over its intent or its message. Uh, not not much at all. Yeah, that that was yeah. my argument. Was not much at all. Like the intent of the artist is almost irrelevant once it's in the reader's hands. Absolutely, because we every book you put together you intend to be the greatest thing that's ever sure. been made and you know you're going to fall behind on that so i think i think you just appreciate it and because this is a silent book i think a lot of people are bringing things in that that i love hearing i'm and aren't right or wrong sure and i just i'm you know first kind of a emotional book I'm having a whole lot of fun hearing what what it means to people because it does mean different things to different people absolutely you know well and I think the lack of dialogue also helps that because yeah. there's nothing there to force right like a perspective yes it's all literally we are completely observers right we don't have thought bubbles no nope. we don't have little yellow boxes mm -hmm. we don't have any of that we are literally spectators the ghosts, if you will, yeah, in this universe of one man alive. That's that's a really cool way to say that. I'm gonna have to steal that. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. It's exactly what it felt like. It felt there was not, like 
when there's like the yellow boxes and the bubbles and all that, you almost feel more participant because someone's talking to you. Right. There's you're, you're there like not that you can affect the story at all, but there's some level of interaction almost. You yeah. don't have that here. You're completely yeah. alone yeah. in this book. Yeah, narration leads you by the hand. This kind of this is an open world mm -hmm. video game as yeah. as opposed to a, a level video yeah. game. Yeah, the the idea I like the, the the phrase silent book is just a funny phrase altogether. Right. But yeah, that's that's what it is. That's cool. pretty much what it is. And it was it was an excellent read. Awesome. I want to talk about uh, Tart a little sure. bit because I, I mentioned, like I said, I, I invented a whole segment when we did our last radio show to talk about Tart. That's so nice. And Thank the way you. I described her described the book was it's a little quantum leap meets a little Buffy mm -hmm. meets a whole lot of other things yes. but there's nothing like it because Tart is such a great character oh. I love Tart she's so cool she's she's like uh, when, when we when we put her together we, mm -hmm. we had this idea what we wanted Ludovic and I and our first show ever was Supercon like 2013 or 2014 I th 2013 I think and my, my friend Victoria was a model and I asked her to cosplay her so we were building this outfit for her. Okay. And Victoria is about five foot ten, beautiful girl. Uh, five foot ten and five foot nine of it is legs. You know, it's a beautiful girl. Sure. And we were doing the skirt, and I remember Victoria said, we can do it shorter if you want. <laughs> and I looked at it, and I went, no, no, no. I, that's exactly how sexy I want her. I, right. don't want her. I don't want her so sexy that it takes away. And I was sure. like, oh, my God, I've fallen in love with my character. Yeah. You know, and and that's I I do I love her too. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, she's she's a great female character. She really is. She's so she's so well rounded and so like she's not either extreme of what some people stereotype female characters as because oh. she's not that like overly sexualized like. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't enjoy, but Lady yeah. Death, you would call an overly sexualized character. Or a very sexualized very, very character. Very sexualized. That's, Just, the, that's yeah. the correct term. Right. And then there's the opposite, where you have like the modern Batgirl, right. who is much more subdued than her original designs. And, right. But that almost becomes the intent of her, sure. is to not be that Lady Death. Right. But that's not what tarts neither of those. She yeah. just is. Yeah, she's a, she's she, a she pretty girl who yeah. enjoys fashion and, you know, and sometimes looks prettier you know, and sexier than other times. But that's sure. also because Ludovic, the artist, loves fashion. So part of the fun is putting her in a different time period and Ludo just finding a fashion that he thinks she's going to look beautiful in. So if we send her to the 60s, she's probably going to look like a really sexy go-go dancer. Yeah. But if we send her, you know, to, you know, spoiler alert, Tart <laughs> 8 is uh, in like 1600 Bulgaria. Okay her whole body is going to be covered because that's, you know, and that's fun. That, that's fun to play. Let's talk about Ludovic for a second mm -hmm. because something so cool that he does is how his style changes from time period to time yes. period to, like, match that aesthetic. That is amazing, and it makes such a huge difference for the comic. He is a beast. He is, he is why the book has caught fire, you know. He... he, he the first issue he draws, mm -hmm. we send her 1950s New York. He draws it. He does this Technicolor pop yep. with the color. And the second issue I, I sent him, we sent the poor girl back to an Ice Age. Mm -hmm. I say I love her. I don't know if she loves me because I put her through hell. <laughs> sure. But um, we sent her back to an Ice Age, and he, he said, I've always wanted to paint a comic. Am I allowed to paint the comic? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, 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 yes, Ludo. <laughs> if the question is ever, can I paint the comic? The answer is yeah. yes, you can. But 
it, it wasn't so much that he just wanted to paint. It's that the the feeling of the watercolor created a crisp oh, coldness to the art that you wouldn't feel if he had drawn it and painted it in Photoshop like sure. he normally does. So, yeah, I just I don't have to worry about anything. He and I figure out what the story is going to be. I write a script that I think is going to, you know, excite him. Mm -hmm. And then I just wait and just see what it's going to be because it's it's always gorgeous. Yeah, it, it, it truly is. And again, it's it it makes such a big difference for for like us, the, the audience, because it, it really does help you go somewhere new. Right. Like it, it's it's abrupt. It's different. You realize that you're being taken somewhere else. Right. And, and I make sure and let people know when they get to that painting section, it's the same artist. Yeah. I want them to know I didn't, you know, get Ludo on is issue one and Bobby on issue two. And, you know, right. it's the same artist doing this. Now, he did take a break. When you get to issue six, we had Carl Moline pinch hit okay. for one issue because Ludo had to take take about a year off and got but, it but Ludo's back on so you know if if you got to replace Ludo you're placing with Carl Moline that's not a that's no. not a bad pinch hitter <laughs> no 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 and again it's 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 great that you have that opportunity but the fact that Ludo has the tools in his toolkit to produce such wildly different visuals for mm -hmm. the audience is a true treat Yes, because it's if you didn't know you would like if you would have told me that was the same like if you would have asked me so how many artists do you think work on this series I would have had to have count each issue because right. I would never have been able to tell you that's one yeah it's 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 quite amazing and it, and it complements your writing so well yeah. because it feels like he really gets tart oh yeah and her little motley crew it's so weird because this uh, you know I'm. I'm an, I'm an American dude, grew up in South Florida, kind of, a, you know, we'd go to the beach after school, and he's this Frenchman from wine country. Right. Like, you would assume that we wouldn't work together sure. well, because we are, our experiences are completely different. Yeah. And yet, for this story, we, you know, he, we really know what we want to do, and we know how to um, make each other look better. Now... He makes me look a lot better than I make him look better, but <laughs> but we 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 found we were very good dance partners. So. Yeah, well, uh, that might be why it works so well, though, is because you 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 guys aren't not tripping over the same experience, but you guys are. It's not a this homogenous like echo chamber. You guys have these wildly different experiences and can bring something so different to your sides of it. There, there's definitely something to that. He has much more extensive anime and manga experience than I have. And he does at times bring that energy. Mm, oh, yeah. Which is great. You know, I, I wrote more of a standard American comic and sure. he draws this wonderful, you know, melding of yeah. of a lot of things so that's probably very accurate yeah no it's it's, it's great and again it's it, you can't really compare his art to anyone else no because which issue would we be talking about right so it's like again there's artists that have like you see it and you go oh that's john right. ramita jr yeah. or that's umberto ramos right yeah that you can't do that here because that's oh no that's all him yeah and he's even doing a, a, a totally new style now he's you know we're trying to get the book out a lot faster, and he's he's trying to find a, um, I don't know if strip down is the right term, but just a, a quicker thing. And but his color work is so good that oh yeah, it's really it, it's coming out very nicely. I'm very happy where we are. I want to ask you a kind of spoilery question, okay. but I don't want you to reveal the spoiler. This is the yes or no question. Okay. Okay. Do you have 
an end in mind for tart. Absolutely. Yes? Yes. Fantastic. That's we so interesting. We, we have an outline for the entire series. We, we, know, we know where it's going. That's awesome. Because that's one of my, like, I have a, we were talking about anime and all that. I have a, a pet peeve is when things don't know when to end. Yes. Because it, I always think of the, the line from The Dark Knight, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Right. You either end as a good story or live long enough to see it. Oh, I, yeah, 100%. Turn I, to trash. I, I think, and, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful series. I think Why the Last Man goes on 20 issues too long. Mm. I, I, I think it's like the first 30-some, maybe even 40 issues are perfect. Yeah. And then they, and then the, to me, the series ends, and right. then I read another 20 issues. Exactly. And, and listen, Brian K. Vaughn knows more about comics than I any, any day of the week. But, yeah, I, 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 want, this, I want the series to end when, before... I want it to end when the story ends. I don't want it to end when the last amount of people would buy it. Right. Yeah, and that's that's a super important thing for an, uh, for you know anyone involved in a comic to know. I think because yeah, it, it, you're hurting your not only your characters but really at the end of the even though fans are almost addicts and will consume yes. what gets put out, but we don't realize that we're hurting ourselves too. Yeah. Because there's several stories that I wish I would have stopped reading when I thought they should have ended, but instead mm-hmm. I, I, I needed to consume, consume and consume and consume and ended yeah. up ruining it for myself. It's the collector mentality yeah, that we grew exactly. up with, which isn't, you know, I, I have it too. Every, every comic I buy has to go on a bag and board. Right. Even though the, the market isn't there like it was, sure. I, I, I still need to do yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Know? So Yeah, but it's exactly that. So that's why I wanted to ask you that question because yeah. that, that was me asking as a fan. Yeah. Because I needed to know. I, I want to know that there's... Because, again, I love her death. Tart is fantastic. But I also want to know that she's not going to get ruined for me. So that was, that's good. We have, we, we have an end game for Tart. The universe mm-hmm. could go on sure. if, if um, another creative team at that point wanted to explore the universe. I think that would be fun. Actually, we can talk about that because you've got um, Ludwig's book over here, mm-hmm. which Hell's is Strawberry. all him. Right? He writes and draws it totally. Yes, I helped him with um, translation a little bit. Okay, and there were some things where we we made sure that things fit in with Tart. Sure. Um, so yeah, but it's it's we call it our toxic universe. Okay. Um, and before Tart's uh, story is over, Hell Strawberry will be pretty important to him. Okay. That was the character he was working on before we ever met. Oh. He, Hell Strawberry. Oh, so she wasn't born out of Tart. He already no. had her. Yeah. That's I, I, cool. Tart is more born out of Hell Strawberry than vice versa. Really? Tell me about that. He had an idea for a time-traveling, demon-hunting, crazy tank girl-style sure. book. And he surrounded her with a uh, couple characters. One, one happens to be a devil. Uh, two happen to be just uh, I, I don't I can't give up what they are but but right yeah and they bounce around a time and they murder demons and explosions and 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 it's fun it's funny it's crazy but he wrote himself into a corner and he didn't know oh, where to go with it okay and we were introduced by a mutual friend who said I think this writer might be able to work with what you're doing and I looked at it, and it was so it was so deep in. I couldn't I couldn't figure out what to do with what he was doing. Got it. 
but I did, I did figure out how we could tell a story near it with a new character. Okay. And so it was up to him. Are you going to reimagine Hell Strawberry as the character who became Tart? Or is it a brand new character? And he wanted a brand new character, okay. which is perfectly fine with me. And then we then we did about three months of emails back and forth. Sure. Okay. Why why do these girls have powers? Why are they why are they traveling through time? Uh, what are they trying to do? And one thing Ludo brings is he doesn't want her to be all good, right? And the evil to be all bad. He right. wants her to. We say that our girls are agents of order versus chaos, sure. as opposed to good versus evil. And that's kind of fun to play with. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, one of the rules that we'll eventually say, and I'll, I'll, I'll spoil it here because it's not that bad, is if our girls are walking down the street and they see a human mugging another human, they are not to intervene. Right. Because that's human evil. Exactly. Human evil is supposed to exist, and they're not here to stop it. Right. And that's, you know, a fun thing to play with a sure. character who maybe wants to stop a mugging but is not supposed to. And right. that's, that's fun with Tart because she wants to be a good person. Yeah. Um, and she wants to do right. And sometimes, you know, doing right isn't the right thing. Yeah. And well, yeah, it, it is interesting because she does have, you know, this, 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 uh, the, that, like you said, the rule set that she has to abide to. And it's, it's, it makes it for an interesting read. And that whole not purely good or not purely evil dynamic is fantastic because you know that's what the that's the old comic trope is good versus evil but that's right. not how the world works no the world very much is not that black and white right. so to have that in the story is it, it's great cool and okay let's talk a little bit about let's go right. to the complete extreme let's talk about underwars a little bit okay there's a reason <laughs> my publishing company is called catch all comics uh -huh. because i had tart <laughs> and then i have <clears throat> you know, our screwball comedy where you throw a monkey in men's tidy whities and he can immediately <laughs> talk in kung fu fight because science. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's very um poignant. It's uh yeah. it's it's almost Shakespearean. It's almost a Shakespearean tragedy. <laughs> it's it reminds me a lot, even though without all the uh the murder and the killing, it uh. reminds me a lot of like the original mass comics. In oh, its in okay. its kind of like, how do I put this? It's it's obviously very cartoony, very I, light. I very will I will take being anything with Sam Keith. I'll, <laughs> I'll take as a huge compliment. But so it I'll also take it. has this kind of I don't know self awareness that the ma well the mask was uh, was a parody of several genres. Right. And then but it, so it's it's not so much he's a parody, but he has that same that has that same self awareness and right. that same like cheekiness about itself that I yeah. really enjoy. I think that what we, we like to think of it as if Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was created by Ben Adlin. Yeah. <laughs> then that's what we're going for. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's somewhere in the middle of those two. It's, it's definitely trying to be much funnier and goofier sure. than the original Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles. Yeah. Um, but it's not a straight satire like the tech. No. No, 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 and it, it's great. And again, the, the the fact that you've got the catch-all comics, it's that's great because you have, it's you have something for everybody on this table right now. We, we definitely try to, yes, it, yes. which is again fantastic because it, it's it's actually a great gradient going from Underwars to Tart. I would say uh, Mort is definitely at the yes. end of that gradient yes, from yes. Uh, <laughs> from Underwars. Well, what's funny is you know at a at a convention you've got five hundred people walking by. Right. You you can't talk to five hundred people. No. So what you try to do is peg, all right, 
I see a group of 20 coming past me. Which two do I think I should pull over right. that, I, that I have the best chance of finding a book for them? Sure. And so we'll, we'll grab people and we'll think this person is underwars. And we start selling them. And sometimes, and this is not being humble, you see the eyes glaze over. They, they just don't care. And they're trying to be polite. Yeah. And the, yeah, everybody's so nice. And I immediately just go right to Tart. And sometimes that spark oh, yeah. hits. And I realize, oh, I had them pegged wrong. And it's exactly the opposite sometimes. I start people with Tart. And I realize, let's go to Underwars. And, you know, sometimes they're just n- not right. into anything. And that's cool, too. But it's funny to find out what people are into when you're... You have to be a, a little... You have to prejudge people a little bit. Because if somebody walks up with a, a Hulk first thing shirt... Sure. I'm not going to try to sell them tart yeah you know fair enough um but um <laughs> but maybe they'd like it but i you know you only have so much time in a day yeah tell me a little bit about uh the birth of baxter in your mind uh how it came as a comic or how it came as the character, the character. uh because Baxter's you know what just, a, just your normal everyday dude who's just a normal monkey out in the jungle didn't want to bother anybody wanted to pick his butt wanted to eat termites off of his friend he gets pulled up by a, a scientist and the scientist is going to throw a parrot's brain in it into his head to see right. if he can he can get the monkey to talk yeah. well luckily for him before he does that he throws him in men's tidy whities right. and as we all know when you put men's tidy whities on animals sure the blood supply is pushed closer to the body which goes up to the brain which allows animals to talk <laughs> the science it's a fact yeah absolutely so but uh, <laughs> that's great um <laughs> well because it's it's an impossible parallel for me not to make is there's a movie it's a it's I, it's the guilty pleasure i don't like that term because i don't believe in guilty right. pleasures i love everything i love okay. but uh did you ever see the movie monkey bone i haven't and th- <laughs> there have been people who have said it reminds them of that but well, i haven't only because he looks like the two okay. characters are nothing alike. he just looks vaguely like monkey okay. bone but that I don't know. Do you know what the movie is about? I mean, isn't the Brendan Fraser? It's something? a Brendan Fraser is a comic book artist right. who drew very macabre comic books. Okay. Very very dark, almost like he had this very realistic Salvador Dali style. Okay. And then his girlfriend tells him to try drawing with his other hand. And the very first as a therapy method, she was right. a therapist as a okay. matter of fact. And then Monkey Bone comes out, and then he eventually gets into a car accident after uh at a, at a convention or some okay. press event for monkey bone because this big monkey bone like uh like float blimp thing expands all right and presses his accelerator and he crashes all right so he, he's killed by or he's hurt by his own creation he ends up in the dreamscape okay where monkey bone is real cool all so right. he meets monkey bone and it doesn't right. go well for him at all <laughs> i can imagine i can imagine <laughs> so that, that creator meeting his creation thing is always something that fascinates me and, I wouldn't. Uh, mi- I wouldn't mind hanging with Baxter, but I wouldn't want to hang with any of the other animals. In the yeah. Lab. Yeah. No. But uh. But yeah. So again, that's uh, that's why I I wanted to know the inception if he came from somewhere if it was just. He he has a character for, and I'll step out of the story. Yeah. <clears throat> he came from the fact that uh, Chris Brennan, who who co-writes it with me, that's that's the only comic that I I co-write. I, I don't do all the writing. He okay. and I really put the stories together ourselves. Uh, he used to paint these paintings of monkeys in their underwear and there was just something about them that seemed familiar and i felt like i'd seen them before Mm -hmm. but i hadn't 
So what I would do is I, I would bother him. I'm like, we should, we should make that into a comic. We should make that into a comic. Because gotcha. as a writer, if you can't draw, what you have to do is trick artists into making your stuff. Okay, so he was doing those paintings. Right. And I you know, was trying to figure out how to, to get an, something done with one of my best friends. We've written screenplays together. And you know, he and I, and he's a great artist. And I'm like, let's, let's make something. And we, we did talk about the backstory of Baxter. And at one point, he goes, I've got a great idea. Baxter is a the remnants of a Nazi experiment. And I went, oh, that's like Hellboy. He goes, no, no, it's not like Hellboy. It's a Nazi experiment. I went, no, 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 that's that's Hellboy. <laughs> he goes, is it? And I just go, yeah. He goes, oh. All right, let's talk later. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we honestly dumbed it down to literally like, no, the, the underwear just works. That it's it, that's it. It's just that is literally the sum total of sure. our science. The underwear makes him speak, um, and basically human. And he's totally cool. He's totally normal. He's not exceptionally smart. You know, he's just he's chill dude. And every other animal develops severe personality disorders. So we have this wonderful put upon every man monkey that is surrounded by insanity and it is so much fun to play with oh yeah well it's funny you mentioned that how every animal has a different personality disorder it's almost like an absurdist winnie the pooh in that like, oh, okay because that's you know that's yeah all, all the winnie the pooh characters are a reflection of some kind of a depression right. uh over you know add <laughs> right, AD, yeah, even though we didn't know what it was <laughs> right exactly or you know you have like obsessive compulsion and all mm -hmm. that this is like a weird absurdist version of that a little bit in that okay. you have a it's true because you do you have a representation of like oh he's that kind of crazy i i so wish i could say that there was any intelligent thought behind that sure it's literally like what should the giraffe be and if we can make the other one laugh that's what the disorder right. is. There's no actual, there's not much thought behind this except what Chris and I can say to make each other laugh. Sure. And that's, you know. But that's so great sometimes because, yeah. like, again, mentioning how Fan Freak started as a, a debate group. Right. A lot of times that devolves into, like, us, like, combing through comics, digging up the pseudoscience. You find the No, minutia. no, no. But the speed force works like this. Right. So we, we sit there and argue these semantics. That's not that's not Underwars. You can't do that because Underwars is so absurd. It's like no no no. I hope it people just do. Works. It would be so much fun oh, absolutely. if people did because no, it's not there. We're not that <laughs> no. smart. But it's so great yeah. that it's 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 almost like you could take your a, a brain vacation. Yes. Because it's so like not stupid. That's not the right word for it. Well, it's it's it is stupid on purpose. Yeah, I mean, exactly. We, we, it's definitely silly. It's definitely yeah. goofy. And when it's we it's not taxing is what it is. No, it doesn't no. tax the mind. No. It doesn't tax the soul. And we're just getting worse and worse as we go, <laughs> because when we started, we didn't know if we were going to try to market this to like. 10-year-olds as kind of an after-school feel or college students as a, you know, you know, over-the-line South Park feel. Sure. And the way my artist draws the underwear bulge, 10-year-olds do not like it. They literally <laughs> physically back up from our poster. Like, it's great to see these kids like... Which is a good reaction for them to have. Yes. But, uh... <laughs> so now we put in everything inappropriate we put in, so... It's great, and yeah. it's true. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't call it a, a kid's comic. No. But it's – well, okay, 
you wouldn't typically call it a kid's comic. No. Like, I would let my kids read it. But that's because I was raised all kinds of weird. Okay. Uh, shout out to my dad. Woo. He's also a member of the group. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, because I grew up. My, my dad was a, was a comic book artist. Okay. And, like, I, he used to draw, draw, like, nude comic book art and all that. So I grew okay. up, like, with all kinds of, like, my mom and I watched horror movies when I was a kid. All right. So it was a very different, like, different type of sheltered upbringing. That's not what they sheltered me from. They sheltered me from, like, the real world. Okay. But, <laughs> but uh Anyway, talking, but uh, but yeah, so it, it it is great that it's it's like I said, it's 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 that like, you go from reading Mort, which can be very it's it's it, that one few pages is a little taxing on you. It's that's, this is not. This <laughs> this is definitely meant to be a meditation on life and death and and kind of what all that means. You know, it's and I don't really know what it all means. It's just right. kind of was this story that was sort of david and i meditating together on what it meant once once he was on board it was really like going back and forth of where where can we find this emotion and and it was it was it was beautiful to see this come together because david literally makes me cry sometimes when i go through this and Mm. see certain images like he just found these snapshots and then I'll go and I'll, I'll reread Underwars and I'll see something that Chris did that I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll just sit down so they can both make me cry for very different reasons. So and, yep. and, and, and Ludo just does things that are amazing. And it's just the great thing about being a writer is watching your, you know, if I didn't think they were pretty good ideas, I wouldn't send them to somebody. Right. But take pretty good ideas and make them into amazing books is the journey as a writer that is so much fun for me. Well, let, let's talk about that because uh, one of the, the long conversations we had first was I told you about a comic book idea mm-hmm. I had. And, uh, and you know, there's a lot of people like me who are either artists or writers who, mm-hmm. you know, it's daunting, man, to, like, actually sit down, write it, draw it, and actually get someone to publish it or mm-hmm. get the money to publish it. Right. Or get people to pay attention to it. Yep. So talk to us a little bit about that journey. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, it, it is. It's, it's one of those things where I am exceptionally lucky to have had my wishes come true with this. Sure. You know, <clears throat> Morte started out as me on a plane coming back from New York, uh, New York Comic Con. And I just had a twinkling of an idea and I just wrote it in my notebook and I didn't it's it's a nearly silent comic one shot um, outside of what my normal books are so my readership wouldn't expect it from me I don't really know of a way to sell it because I don't want to talk about it I want you to experience it but I needed to find an artist Mm. And I and I came to David and I said, here are all the reasons you shouldn't accept this job. This, this, <laughs> this, and this. And I said, okay, that's out of the way. Here's why I think you should look at the script. Okay. And he, he wrote me back three days later and he said, I, I read it three days ago and I can't get it out of my head. He said, I've got to draw it. And um, he woke up at like 5.30 in the morning and he'd drive, draw for like 15 to 30 minutes every morning. Maybe one panel for a year and wow. so he, he just every day he made a tiny bit of progress sure. and like because that thing that i had to get out 
he had to get out. And, and, and then when we got it to Source Point Press, they were like, I said, I, I don't know if you want one shots. And they're like, we, we need this. All right. So, uh, first off, Kevin. Yes. Thank you so much for sitting oh, down God. and talking to me today, dude. No, thank you for coming out. That's, that's, it's, it's an honor. Like, thank you. That really means a lot. Again, well, you know, we're, we're, Fan Freaks is all about, like I said, we, we started here in South Florida. We're all South Florida guys. Yeah. So it's very much about, you know, us you know, strengthening the South Florida, you know, nerd scene. And, you know, you're a local, man. It's, yeah. it's great to, to have you on with us. Cool. Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Kevin Joseph CMX. So Kevin Joseph Comics. Um, but, you know, if you, if you want to read some of these books, you can join my email list. If you just go to, I'm going to spell it, Catch All Comics, K-E-C-H-A-L-C-O-M-I-C-S dot com slash free comics. And you'll, you'll get to read the first three issues of Tart for free, first issue of Underwars for free. And if you got anybody little in your, and we didn't talk about it, but for the little guys in the house, we've got a kid's book called The Poodles of Potter's Peak. So you get to read it all for free, find out if you love it, and then you can go to, you know, come down to like Lauderdale Comics and grab your copies. Yeah, all of his links will be in the description down below. We'll make sure that you guys have access to all of it. Uh, once again, Kevin, thank oh. you so much, man. Anytime. It's, Appreciate it. It's, it's your, I love your stuff, man. It's fantastic. Freaks, you have a good day. Later, guys. Hey, Freaks, James here. I wanted to give you guys a little bit more info on this interview. It was recorded over a year ago, and after recording it, I thought I had lost all the audio for the interview, making it unusable. However, since then, I was able to recover the audio, and I'm excited to share it with you guys. There's just a few updates I needed to give you. First and foremost, uh, since this interview was recorded, Fort Lauderdale Comics has closed, so it's no longer the place to go to to pick up your Tart Comics. That being said, Kevin has informed me that since then, they were picked up by Scout Comics, and Tart is going to be distributed more widely now. You should see them available in your local comic shop starting somewhere in 2020. As for us, we're now uploading not only to YouTube, but also to Spotify, Podbeam, and iTunes as well. So make sure you check us out on your favorite platform and subscribe. Other than that, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Stay awesome. Later, freaks.